Welcome back in for another hour Priority Talk Radio right here on WXJC. We're grateful to have you with us today here on this uh, ending up a, a, another great week of uh, programming here from 5 until 7 on uh, 101.1 FM. And uh, always, always good to be with you. And uh, you guys know during this hour we do it uh, each and every week, at least for the time being we have been and will be as we continue our conversation with Mr. Cleet Hux. Uh, with the Apologetic Resource Center, arcapologetics.org, and we continue our conversation. I think we're into about part number six now Something like of that. this mm-hmm. um, as we uh, talk about paganism, how America became pagan. Mm-hmm. And it's a powerful question, and uh, if you've missed past uh, conversations, just head back to our podcast, Priority Talk Radio. Of course, you can hit PriorityTalkRadio.com, and you can link off from there or just search Priority Talk Radio on your favorite platform, and you can go back and find each of these conversations week by week. Uh, so we've uh, Maybe we missed one week in there. We had some technical difficulties, but other than that, you can go over the last couple of months mm-hmm. and just listen week by week and sort of get the progression of this discussion. So, Cleet, it's hard for us to go back and cover what we've already covered. Mm-hmm. you know, so you got to go back and just listen. Okay, it's there. That's why we do it. That's why it's there. But... For people that are just joining us, of course, you know, we like to just start off and say, uh, define again paganism. Right. We sort right. of start every time with that so people know what we're talking about. Sure. So define right. this topic, kind of mm-hmm. give us the big picture of paganism, and then we're going to sort of move back into the sports realm mm-hmm. with this, paganism mm-hmm. and sports. Mm-hmm. We've talked about education sure. at length. If you want to know how the new age is in our education system, Go back and listen. Mm-hmm. And we've talked a lot about sports, but we want to talk more about the Olympics today in particular. Right. And then we're going to get into this topic that's going to make a lot of people mad. <laughs> Should yeah. we even tell them what it is? Because if we tell well, them now, uh, they'll turn it off. Well, Because we, they're going to get mad. They're going to say that we've stopped preaching and gone to, to meddling. meddling. That's right. Um, we're going to talk about yoga. Right. And if you didn't know that yoga is new age, well, wake up. Just stay tuned. <laughs> stay tuned. I mean, you know, it's just stretching. Well, is it? No. Okay. Uh, you know, we've legalized it now in our schools, you know, yoga. We'll get to it. Mm. It's, it and it's in our churches, mm. many of our churches. Mm. So this is where some of you are going to get mad at us. But that's okay. We're just trying to tell the truth. Sure. Talk about paganism. Give us the big picture. Well, paganism, let's talk about a couple of worldviews that paganism presents. Paganism, of course, presents uh, animism, which is, you know, the belief in spirits, good, bad spirits, Mm -hmm. that basically evolved into being worshipped, so they became gods, so you're into polytheism, many gods, and we're also into uh, pantheism, all is God, God is all, because, for instance, in the Greek uh, pagan pantheon of gods, uh, it's making all up one divine uh, idea. And when we get to Hinduism, of course, we're talking about Brahman. All is Brahman, Brahman is all. Uh, And so we're into a monistic, all is one, one is all worldview. Now, as far as the scripture reference is concerned, to set everything straight on this, the Apostle Paul um, uh, spoke about paganism in Romans 1 when he said they exchanged the truth of God or the exist- the truth of the existence of God mm-hmm. for a lie and worshiped and served the creature or creation rather than the creator. Yeah. 
That's it. And so when you uh, remove the transcendent creator from the creation, all you have left is creation. Man does not lose his spiritual appetite to worship something. He's going to worship something. And you leave it all to yourself. It's a collective effort. And we talk about collectivism and socialism. Yep. But collectivism, as far as a worldview, is all is one. One is all. All is the same. And everybody should be treated the same. But everybody is divine by nature because the world is divine by nature. And that's basically paganism. And a lot of people may hear that and not just realize how prevalent that that mm-hmm. worldview, those worldviews are, mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. thought is. Yeah. But if you'll just marinate on that mm-hmm. and keep it in the consciousness of your mind, you're going to f- see it everywhere. That's right. And Don't you're going to find yourself buying into it as well. That's right. Exchanging the truth of God, For which is that he's transcendent God. For a lie mm-hmm. and worship the creation versus the creator. Exactly. And, and of course, we're part of the creation ourselves. Exactly. So we even worship ourselves. That's exactly what paganism is all about because there's really no distinction. Uh, so, now, uh, as far as how it relates to Olympics, we want to get into that. Yeah, and, and if you want to go back, we talked yeah. about sports. Right. Uh, we talked about, you know, mindfulness and we talked about. Uh, uh, what's the other phrase? Uh, meditation. Yeah, meditation. As and, far as uh, breathing exercise, yeah. progressive relaxation there you go. techniques. The pre, yeah, the PRT. Guided yeah. imagery, visualization. We talked a lot that, about that, and that, that stuff time. is very prevalent in our in sports. Your kids been. are yeah. being encouraged to do that yeah. in their sports. I promise you they are. Yeah, and they, and, they and are. I'm not saying the people doing it mean anything bad by it. They don't even realize it. No. It, it's, it's just part of who they are exactly. and the way they operate exactly now let's go to the olympics because there's no bigger uh you know no bigger uh event or 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 sporting uh event than the olympics yeah and so i know we could go way back but in particular you like to go back to 1996 1996 was a very interesting year uh and the 1996 world olympics in in atlanta was virtually uh a reenactment of the greek pagan uh, worldview and with uh, the Olympic Games right in the center of it being played out in paganistic ways. Uh, for instance, now, if you go back as far as when the Olympics started, they started 776 B.C. and uh, ran for well over a hundred, uh, excuse me, well over a thousand years until I think it was 396 uh, A.D., when the emperor of Rome, Theodosius I, uh, put an end to it because by that time Christianity had become entrenched in, in the Roman Empire as, as the um, official religion of, of the Roman right. Empire. Right. And so he put a stop to pagan worship, which included the Olympic Games. So. Because uh, the Olympic Games, had that's what it was. That's what it was. It's a celebration of the gods. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And uh, the reenactment of the founding of, of the Olympic Games in 96 in Atlanta uh, had a lot to do with the worldview 
uh, it, it was just a reenactment of everything that goes on in Greek paganism. And you can go back and watch it. Uh, yes. Go back on YouTube yeah, and you can. pull it up. Now, we're talking about the uh, opening ceremonies yeah. of the 1996 Olympics. As a matter of fact, it opened... Right there in that same stadium where the Braves played yeah. until a couple of years ago. Exactly. Mm-hmm. As a matter of fact, for reference, if people want to study this, see that the Olympics, when when the Roman emperor shut it down because of paganism, that it conflicted with Christianity, it was silent for 1,500 years. And the Olympics were revived in 1896, and then 1996 was the celebration of the centennial uh, birthday, Mm -hmm. return of the Olympics. Now, all of this is documented uh, in the Chronicle of the Olympics, 1896 to 1996, is the Olympic spirit, now listen to this, History of the Games and Atlanta Committee for the Olympic Games. Day in the Schools Curriculum Guide was mm. <laughs> sent for all the schools. And when you go back and look at the uh, the reason why the Olympic Games started, they, they really started as a uh, festival celebration. Uh, a lot of people thought that it was celebrating the dead, uh, the funeral games. That's how they started, the celebrating funerals. Uh, as a matter of fact, Homer's Iliad uh, speaks of this. Uh, but most evidence show that the games were more concerned with not underworld deities or gods, but celestial gods and deities, such as Zeus and Poseidon and so mm-hmm. forth. And so they were, the Olympic Games were basically dead for 1,500 years. In the opening ceremony, the first words out of Dick Enberg's mouth, the sports commentator, he says, and now if you look at the northeast corner of the stadium, you will see the Olympic spirits that will call the tribes of the world to Atlanta. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now, and that was all written for him. Oh, that, yeah. That was the, he was just reading yes. script. He was just reading script. Now, when, when he said call, immediately what you heard all over the stadium was this loud om sound and om is brahman okay it is the universal world soul okay and so when he said that won't call the tribes of the world to atlanta you heard the om sound and then you saw these figures five different figures five different colors each representing the you know the five each color representing one of the five concentric circles mm-hmm. of the olympic circles they streamed up to the top of the stadium and <laughs> i'm telling you it was amazing and what the there were five 500 people that came out and they were different colors representing the five different continents you know and Dick Enberg said that uh, if you'll notice that people are mixing and mingling, and for this occasion, this Olympics, they become one. Mm-hmm. And so he's, he's really talking about the, the Greek uh, pagan worldview of monism, all is one, one is all. And, and uh, he says basically what, what the Olympic spirits were doing, he was they had the power and the authority to call, awaken 
the world to the Olympic Games again. Now, they were, they were done in honor of Zeus, the supreme Greek god. And they, uh, Bob Costas and Enberg both acknowledged that uh, when, when the uh, ceremonies were going on. Let's pause right there and um, take a break and come back on the other side and okay. uh, sort of continue with this conversation right here with the Olympics. And uh, you can go back and pull this up online and listen to it, watch it for yourself to sort of verify what he's telling you here. And if this isn't connecting, just keep listening. Okay, some of you may go, well, what's wrong with that? Just going to be one. <laughs> yeah. It's it's a false worldview. Yeah. I mean, it yeah. just is. Right. It's not it's It's not biblical. Right. All right, we'll take a break. We'll come back. Cleet Hux, ARCapologetics.org, How America Became Pagan. We continue our conversation. We return and continue our conversation with Cleet Hux, Apologetic Resource Center, ARCapologetics.org. Of course, Cleet uh, has been uh, teaching uh, worldview and uh, apologetics and all these type of issues in uh, churches across America and and uh, really, in, in a great degree, all across Alabama now for more than three decades, and uh, is available to you. Find them uh, arcapologetics.org, and uh, we're continuing to talk about uh, the Olympics and paganism mm-hmm. and sports. Uh, so we've seen the uh, the opening ceremony and how they sort of launch the the spirits, and mm-hmm. we're going to be one, which of course is uh, false worldviews of. Um, you know, animism and then uh, polytheism and all the things you're talking about, and then pantheism, mm-hmm. um, which are anti-biblical worldviews, and we've adopted so many of these into our everyday life, it's hard for us to even recognize them. They're so familiar, mm-hmm. we don't even recognize them anymore. That's exactly And it right. takes something like this to sort of point it out to you. Yeah. So continue. Okay. Now, we were talking about the uh, call to the nations. Now... The reason why they termed it call to the nations. From the 96 Olympics. The 96 Olympics is because the Olympic spirits were calling for the rebirth of the Olympic Games after a 1,500-year cease of that. Okay? In preparation for that, uh, the uh, athletes... (laughs) <laughs> it's very interesting. They erected a 50-foot uh, makeshift temple with pillars weighing 2,500 pounds apiece, a temple of Zeus. And what you had was athletes. Uh, I remember the women athletes. They were sashaying to the temple in the middle of the field to offer things to Zeus, mm. offerings to Zeus and the supreme Greek god. And this was in the uh, opening ceremony. This was in the opening ceremony. Friday, July 19th, 1996. Exactly, yep. exactly. And uh, very interesting, when they did that, the lights became dim and darkness supposedly represented this 1,500 years when the ancient games were forgotten. And the loud ohm comes again, a call to the nations to wake up. The Olympic spirits are calling for an awakening or rebirth of the Olympic Games. Now, it's very interesting about these so-called Olympic spirits. Now, if, if if a pagan is listening, one that is an academician who really understands it and knows his sources, 
he will recognize uh, the Arbital, uh, the magical ritual which was published in the 16th century. According to it, Olympian spirits dwell in the air and enter planetary space and they govern the entire universe. They're called the stewards of heaven. Okay, mm. And it was these Olympic spirits which in the opening ceremonies are portrayed as having power and authority to summon all the tribes of the world to the Olympic Games wow. in Atlanta. Okay. <laughs> so you have some real serious stuff there. Now, what about... I now, think, for people that say, oh, that stuff doesn't matter. They're just sort of, uh, you know, again, paying yeah. homage to the past, you know, and that stuff's just kind of all for show. It doesn't really have any meaning. Really? Well, we need to ask the athletes themselves to get an answer to that. Hmm. How about Dan O'Brien, who was our decathlet gold medalist in the decathlon? He, uh, he was interviewed, said he got his inspiration from Zeus telling his son that he is to find and fulfill his destiny. <laughs> and I watched it. O'Brien was serious as a heart attack. Wow. He says, and that's where I get my inspiration. Wow. So, and another one, Kim Batten, who was the U.S. women's hopeful in the 400-meter hurdles. Uh, Dick Enberg told her story. He said, where would she find the confidence to win? She began to meditate. And the TV, TV camera showed her in her yoga lotus uh, position, sitting, saying a mantra with psychedelic music and lights going on in the background. The Greek, Greek games uh, were basically uh, a festival in honor of the Greek pantheon of gods, and Zeus was the supreme one. Sure. And they did their historical homework. It was very well presented as, as far as presenting the paganistic worldview with Zeus and all the participants in it. Well, you know, these are the kind of things that we sort of watch and we don't think anything of it. We, uh, you know, we take it in as a family, mm -hmm. and we think it doesn't have any effect, or it doesn't matter, or we go, well, that's a little strange, but yeah, yeah it's yeah, the Olympics, yeah, you know. Yeah. We don't think much of it, mm -hmm. uh, but as you said, the Olympic, the the Olympians, Olympians mm -hmm. pulled their inspiration from it. At least some do. Some did. Some, of course, you had Michael um, Michael Johnston, yeah, the two hundred meter and four hundred meter champion, gold medalist. Who was he was seen as a matter of fact I remember him dropping to a knee mm -hmm. looking as if he was giving thanks to God for you know his his efforts uh, yeah. there and you had all a, a lot of them doing that but it was very much a mixed bag as far as people meditating and as far as the oriental and Asian mm -hmm. oriented uh, athletes there many of them were doing meditation and Eastern meditation is equivalent uh, to paganism and yoga, which we'll get into, because Eastern meditation has as its goal and design is to lose contact with your alertful cognitive conscious mindset mm -hmm. for an altered state of consciousness. Yeah. 
and the various techniques, breathing techniques and guided imagery and so forth, become dissociative. And, and it's real dangerous with a person who has, you know, it, it can present a psychosis uh, where they cannot uh, distinguish between reality and fantasy. Mm. So. so what is someone to do? Um, let's just sort of make it practical, Cleet. I mean, yeah. what is someone to do um, because this is out there? Are they to uh, are we to never be involved with uh, the Olympics no. and these other sporting no. events? You know, the World Games were here. There's a lot of weird stuff went on at that too. Yeah, um, I saw some of it, and I was like, "Wow, what's that?" <laughs> you know, and you're kind of looking yeah. around, going, yeah. uh, "Where? Yeah. What yeah. spirits this? You know, flying in here? You know, exactly. If you have a spiritual antenna, right? Sometimes that stuff gets your attention. Yeah. Um, and, uh, so, so what are we to Understand what are we to do? You know, mm-hmm. what's the takeaway from? And we've talked about all kinds of sports. We're sure, sort of ending sure. up here right. with the Olympic right. uh, thought, but we've went through, you know, how kids are exposed to this, mm-hmm. uh, and to get your mindset right, you know, for sports mm-hmm. and visualize, you know, these things and vis- visualization is a big part of sports right now. Right. Right. Um, what are we to do? Kind of make it practical, especially for the parent or the grandparent out there that wants to. Maybe they've got spiritual eyes and ears, and they want to protect their family or mm-hmm. do the do things the right way. But it is so pervasive; it's hard mm-hmm. to totally yeah. avoid right. any of these influences. Of course, I would avoid any coach that uh, wants their kids to participate in progressive relaxation techniques, doing yoga, and um, you know, with guided imagery and that type of thing that becomes dissociative. But I mean. Uh, as far as exercise is concerned, of course, what we see in yoga today, they're trying to, you know, say that it's just physical exercise, and we'll get into a lot of that uh, shortly. Yeah, well, that's been the but, thing. You know, I've talked to some of the legislators mm-hmm. about, you know, who passed this, and, you know, parents have to opt in their kids for it. Right. But, right. and you've been fighting this battle for yeah. years back in the 90s, actually mm-hmm. won the battle, mm-hmm. kept it out for another mm-hmm. 20-something years. Right. But, uh, you know, a lot of them just said, oh, it's just stretching. That's what they'll tell you. It's just stretching. Right, right. And I say, I didn't know there was a law against stretching. <laughs> Why did we need a law to tell people they can stretch? That's right. There's more to it than that, or you wouldn't have had to pass a law. If that's all that it is, why do we need a bill? Yeah, why we need a law? On yoga. To say you can do it. Why do parents have to opt in? <laughs> exactly. I, I, I didn't know you. Yeah. we had to opt in to stretching. Yeah. Well, we're getting ahead on, on yeah, the we yoga are, issue. Yeah, we are. But, but it, I mean, you won't find a bigger sports fan than me. Right. I was a four-sport letterman in high school. Mm-hmm. Played college ball. And I love sports, but the New Age movement, the worldview of this, it's like an amoeba. It doesn't discriminate against anything. <laughs> it just assimilates mm-hmm. it, you know. In the same opening uh, opening ceremonies in 96 in the Olympics, they had to have a choir out there mm-hmm. to sing wade in the water and hallelujah course and mm-hmm. all of that why because it's not politically correct not to have them to do that mm-hmm. you know to be co- politically correct you got to include everybody mm-hmm. but of course we know that the world's not including One. yeah you see there's no difference and with that same mindset as a christian they through pragmatism will try to redefine those things you know so 
and pragmatism again being yeah. what works. Exactly. And exactly. that's been our downfall. It works, yeah. so let's go for it. Doesn't matter the consequences or the fallout or if it's right or wrong or doesn't matter. If it right. works, let's go for it. You know, good exercise and proper rest would do a lot. And you don't have to sit in a lotus position to do that. <laughs> yeah. All right. We got to take a break. We'll come back on the other side and we will get into the issue we've already broached it but more into the issue of yoga yeah. so uh if you're uh, if your mind's already made up about yoga you We're think it's absolutely it. harmless uh we've got it at our church my kids are doing it at school you you people are crazy you can go ahead and turn the channel i guess if your mind's already made up but if you're open to really trying to understand the influence this can, that it does and can have in our society and in your life, mm -hmm. then maybe you might better listen. Maybe you might hear something you didn't know previously. It's okay to be uninformed, but it's not right. okay to stay un uninformed. But if your mind's already made up, uh, you may want to try one of the other shows right now. All right? <laughs> I hate to say that, but um, some people, their mind is made up. Well, it's, yeah, many people are of and boy, my, get ready, my cause, mindset because uh, they'll just say, don't confuse me with the facts. My mind is made that's up. That's right. And, and <laughs> yeah, okay. Let's take a break. We'll come back. It is Priority Talk Radio. WXJC, Cleet Hux in studio with us. We are back, and we're glad to have you along with us here. It is Priority Talk Radio. Greg Davis here with you. Nate Williams in studio with us as well. And Mr. Cleet Hux with Apologetic Resource Center, arcapologetics.org, arcapologetics.org. And, Cleet, uh, people are going to be listening. They're going to catch bits and pieces of this. Mm -hmm. You have extensive research on your website mm -hmm. that people need to to go and access, get on your email Take newsletter, arcapologetics.org. So we're about to get into this uh, topic of, uh, of yoga. Mm -hmm. And I know you have lots of information on yeah. your website on right. this topic. Yeah. Uh, so if you're just going to hear part of this, not all of it, if you uh, want to know more about some of the, uh, the, the big picture we put out there, uh, there's much more there. I can't think of a better place better source for you to go to for all of these topics, but yoga included, than arcapologetics.org. Okay, let's get into it. As we talk about paganism, we've mm -hmm. got to get into um, yoga because it is sort of the, uh, uh, what's the right way to say it? It is the expression, <laughs> the most accepted expression of paganism, Eastern mysticism, right. that we of the West have just absolutely adopted, mm -hmm. and uh, it has become uh, innocent as can be in everyone's eyes and I just know get ready we're not even going to take phone calls because I know they we got haters out there I'm going to look for the emails right. on this because every or Facebook messages every time you get on this subject you get a bunch of uh, uh, people in uh, tight clothing uh, <laughs> out with an aerobic glow or whatever they get mad about it so uh, I, look we're okay with it okay I know it's coming you can send them or not send them. We are where we are. Let's talk about it. Well, this is, we talk about the redo culture, <laughs> you know, redefining everything. There's no greater example of that than the issue of yoga. Now, let me just kind of lay a little foundation before we get into asking questions. But Let me ask one first. Mm -hmm. Sure. It, how many years back, uh, let me say it this way, if we were to go back, 50 years mm -hmm. okay mm -hmm. go back to the early 70s mm -hmm. and you would have said 
hey, we want to have yoga classes in our school and in our churches. What would have been the uh, reaction, you think, to well, churches in the state of Alabama? Well, the, a lot of people would have said, well, what is yoga? Yeah, okay, what is it? Yeah. And then and they would have, at what they, point would they have said, no way, are you crazy? But, well, it, it depends, because the Hindu god-men uh, who brought yoga uh, to the West were becoming entrenched in the West. Of course, we always blame California, but it was literally coming from the West to the East mm -hmm. in our country. But Eastern mysticism has been here for quite a while. We talk about the age of Aquarius, yeah. you yeah. know, the, the New Age. And the New Age movement, for people who don't really understand that, it, they hear that phrase, New Age. It's really Eastern mysticism come West wedded to our pragmatic mindset. And that's how America that's, became pagan. And that's how America okay. became I didn't pagan. mean to get you chasing a rabbit. Yeah. Go back to the okay. redefinition. But uh, let me just kind of lay a few um, uh, layers on the foundation here. It, to begin, uh, the practice of a religion, in this case yoga, will invariably promote that religion, in this case Hinduism. Let me say that again for people who are listening. Say it again. The practice of a religion, in this case yoga, it's a practice, yoga practice, will invariably promote that religion, in this case Hinduism. Okay? So and, we may say it like this. There are certain practices or disciplines of the Christian faith. Right. This is a practice or a discipline right, right. of the Hindu faith. Right. To say, is that right? Right, okay. exactly. To say that yoga is not paganism uh, would be like saying the Old and New Testaments are not the Bible. Mm -hmm. Okay? So there is no Hinduism without yoga and no yoga without Hinduism because of its worldview. Yoga comes from Hindu Sanskrit. It is a word that means to yoke, to become one with Brahman, the overall ultimate in Hinduism as far as God is concerned. That's the reason why it's pantheistic. All is Brahman. Brahman is all. And it's a monistic, distinctionless world and life view. So that, um, that's kind of uh, something that people need to bear in mind when they, when they think about yoga. But the problem is it's been so entrenched in our country that it's hard for people to get away from self-defining it, mm -hmm. defining oh, it for, yeah, them, yeah. for themselves. Because they well, say, oh, I don't, we don't do that. To me, it means this. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> then we're off on that paganistic, yeah. pragmatic or trail. Or they would be thinking, oh, Cle yeah, no, nah, we don't do what you're talking right, about. Right. We, that's not the yoga we do. They've well, made their own version of yoga, so to yeah. speak. Well, my, my rhetorical question to a lot of people is, who gives you the right to change someone's religion, mm -hmm. to redefine someone's religion? Mm -hmm. And that's what New Age yoga basically is. Well, and it is, is pragmatism because we've, yeah. we've done the same thing with the Christian faith. Most mm -hmm. people have just made up their own version of it, <laughs> that yeah. they're comfortable living, that they like to live. They've done the same thing with this. That's right. And it's pragmatism, exactly. but that's it's right. wrong. A way to um, also kind of emphasize um, the importance of it for a Christian. Uh, for instance, Christ is to Christianity what yoga is to Hinduism. Uh, yoga is salvation, what Christ is to the Christian salvation. 
Yoga is to the Hindu's salvation. Uh, Christ is our liberator from the bondage of sin. Well, yoga is the moksha or liberator from the cycle of reincarnation and karma uh, as far as the Hindu is concerned. Mm -hmm. And we know how entrenched that worldview has become sure. in the West. So, now, I've defined it uh, in Sanskrit, to yoke, to become one with Brahman. And it is said to be the unity of exhalation and inhalation of blood and semen, as well as the union of sun and moon and of the individual psyche with the transcendent self. What did I just get through saying? Mm. <laughs> that you and I, our true identity is Atman, that's what they will say, but we are to be absorbed into the universal soul, which is Brahman or God. We're all part of that. The New Ager would say, well, we are to God what one drop of water is to the ocean or one tree is to the forest, but we all make up the individual cells of the universal mind or universal soul, you see. Mm. And that's what, and doing yoga would help to do that. As a matter of fact, uh, one yoga site says that yoga is said to be the unification of the web of dualities. Now, what is duality? Separation. Mm -hmm. But yoga is the unification of those separations. We talked about the yin-yang yeah. so much already. And in the West, people are redefining that. To me, it means, you know, yeah. a balance or harmony between good and evil, close but no cigar. Because what it means, it doesn't mean separation mm -hmm. of opposites. It means conjunction of opposites. And <laughs> you can see how yoga can help spur on things like political correctness or moral sure. relativism. And if you've gotten to a point where you can think, oh, I just have my own version of something. Yeah. Basically, you think you can have your own truth. Yeah. And that's a whole other set of problems you've got. Oh, yeah. <laughs> You're already bought in if you believe that's the truth. Exactly. Now, Nathan's here, and Nathan's a little younger than you and I. Um, a little bit. So he can, we, we can remember when yoga wasn't mainstream right. in yeah. Alabama. Right, exactly. Uh, you probably don't know that. Uh, talk, just give us a moment of... Uh, the yoga has it been around ever since you've been around yeah, yeah just about <laughs> uh it's been around in schools all over you know movies it's pretty uh i guess what's the word ubiquitous at this point mm. in the culture it's it's implanted and it's, it's given kind of a western flavor y'all uh greg you just talked about relativism mm -hmm. so there's some relativism there new age spirituality but yeah it's it has its own spin but it, it's been there basically my whole life and people mm. get really upset when you try to tell them nah, this isn't good <laughs> not if you claim to be a christian worldview or a biblical person this doesn't sync up right. they really right. get defensive oh yes big time yeah, yeah christians they they don't want to be told they're doing pagan stuff right right, right. and right. so when when you realize uh, when when they realize certain things and you try to tell them about those things they're like mm -hmm. well i'm a good christian i'm i'm this i'm that and and they get really defensive sure. so sure and of yeah. course uh 90 percent of women out there are wearing the pants so you know what i mean it's just that it's even into the clothing it has just become yeah. so uh you can't separate yoga practice from its Hindu roots. Mm, no. Don't yeah. think you can. 
no, no. You, you can't. You, you, you go. Cannot. I'm. That's what I'm doing. I'm not practicing Hindu. Uh, yeah, you are. Okay, whether you realize it or not, you yeah. are. Yeah, and of course, I could easily say, you're not really doing yoga. Oh yes, I am. Well, that's the truth. That's it. If you're doing <laughs> you know, yoga, you're doing Hindu. Right. Eastern right. mysticism, right. New right. Age, right. paganism. If you do the practices of yoga, yeah. you're doing yoga. Now, when I say practices of yoga. That, that we'd have to get into. Right, yeah. All right, got to take a break. Meditation. Come back on the other side. ARCapologetics.org, archapologetics.org. Uh, much information on this topic and all the topics we've been talking about week by week here during this hour, each and every week with Cleet Hux. We'll be right back. And we're back in for our final segment for today with Cleet Hux as we uh, talk about New Age paganism, how America became pagan. I don't know if there's another uh, example, a greater example. I mean, we've done education, we've done sports, and now we're sort of spinning off into uh, yoga. And, uh, and it's in our education as well, so these all kind of blend together here with this topic. I don't know if there's a greater example of how this has become mainstreamed in our culture. And again, we go back to what we were just saying. You go, well, no, I'm in those classes, but I'm not doing yoga. Well, well why you call it yoga? You're in a <laughs> exactly. yoga class. Well, our yeah. church has that, but it, they're not doing Eastern mysticism. Well, why would you call it that then? Yeah. Yes, yeah. you are. Mm -hmm. To some degree, you are. Or you're opening up the door for it. Exactly. I mean, if it wasn't yoga, just say, mm -hmm. hey, we're going to have a Friday night stretching class. But right. you don't call exactly. it that. You call it yoga. Well, that no one would come. <laughs> yeah, because yoga, Nathan, is, uh, you said it. Culturally, like there's a cool factor, like everyone's doing it. You want to yeah. kind of be in. I've got and, the pants. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, men or women. I've got the pants. Yeah. Um, so anyway, you just kind of open up your eyes. I said, listen, if you've already got your mind made up, you shouldn't even be listening right now. Right, All right? right. We gave you permission to turn the channel. But if your mind, if your mind is open, keep mm -hmm. listening. Hear where something comes from to understand what it truly is. You can try to act like it's not that, mm -hmm. but it is. You don't get your own truth. Yeah. You don't, well, you don't get to have your own that's, truth. That's true. A lot of people will say, you know, um, well, that's that's not my intent. I say, well, intent does Doesn't not matter. change meaning. No. It doesn't change meaning at all. No, what, it is what it is. It is what it is. So tell us more about the history so okay. we can understand it. It basically goes back to the beginning of human civilization about 5,000 years ago. And uh, yoga practices were first uh, discovered uh, with uh, uh, shamanism, basically. Uh, Stone Age shamanism, and both yoga and shamanism. Shamanism, people recognize that as far as spiritism is concerned. Uh, a shaman will become possessed and travel, have out-of-body experiences and travel to, to look for uh, answers as to why there's a, a taboo that's been broken, <laughs> you know, that type of thing. But it goes back about 5,000 years because 3000 BC, archaeology has uncovered uh, some uh, stone seals uh, depicting yoga lotus positions and doing asanas. Uh, so it goes back a long way mm. as far as that concerned. And uh, near the uh, Indus Valley in, in, in India, and also uh, in modern day uh, Afghanistan, where Afghanistan is now. 
uh, the, the, that type of um, uh, terrain and, and geography. You mentioned the lotus. Is there anything yeah. wrong with the lotus body positioning inherently? No. I mean, if I got I right mean, here on the floor and got you, in the lotus position, not that yeah, I could, yeah. but if I just uh, make sure you I don't have the it. pants on to do it. You know, <laughs> if I had the right pants, I could do it. No, if but I, if I, if I could do it, <laughs> would I would I be in sin if I sat there in the lotus position? No, but if I tried to do it, it might take me a while to get up. Well, that's true. Me too. <laughs> so, I wouldn't be able to get in it. No. But would I be in sin if I got intent? in the position? No, of course not. Okay. I mean, no. But it's it's the um, reason why you do yoga. Mm -hmm. What is their motivation? You'll see them do this with the mudras. What are these things? Mm -hmm. The mudras. It's supposedly... Like the OK sign, basically, well, yeah, or similar. But, yeah, that's, that's not what it is, though. But that's redefining the Yeah, mudra. yeah. I'm just giving the, the listener <laughs> yeah, a view of right. what your, your hand yeah, signal. Basically, that's to help the energy flow of OM mm -hmm. in, from the world soul to the individual soul so that the individual soul will become part and absorbed into Brahman, the world, or universal soul. So now it gets a little bit deep for some people, but that's that's basically it. Now, if you go back into the uh, Hindu scriptures, whether it's the Vedic and then the Upanishads, which are commentaries on the Vedic scriptures, the Bhagavad Gita, all of this, you'll 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 find uh, every one of this that the world soul uh, there was no difference in the individual soul and the world soul. It was one and the same. And of course, in the West, we tend to separate things and that's the problem in understanding. But again, uh, people say, well, I don't do yoga for you know, religious purposes. Yoga is religious, period, mm -hmm. because it is Hinduism. You can, it's intrinsic and inseparable from the religion that it promotes. And they're, like I say, the Hindu godmen who have been coming over for a long time, I mean, they knew exactly what they were doing. I mean, I don't know how many of them I've read and heard saying that the downfall of Christianity in the West is near. And because the influence of Hinduism coming to the West, so it's very, very hard to to um, separate that. Now, the Hindu again, yoga is salvation to the Hindu. That's what it is, and there's no way you get a, get around it being uh, non-religious. As a matter of fact. Uh, uh, BKS Lingar, well, perhaps the most famous yogi of all time, his son said that what is happening in the West is really nowhere near yoga. He said it's not even non-yoga. He called it un-yoga. Mm. <laughs> so, I mean, and, but you got people that want to make money yeah. in the West who are using it as a tool and what it's doing it's opening up people for a completely different worldview yeah. than they've grown up and with. there will be a certain number of them mm -hmm. who will go down that path yeah not everybody right. just like everybody who drinks exactly. alcohol doesn't become an alcoholic that's right but some do exactly and is it worth it 
Look at the cost. <laughs> yeah. Is it worth it to expose your family, your church, mm-hmm. your community, your school? And you're right about the money. Of course, you know, when we legalized this in the schools in the last couple of years, mm-hmm. uh, the man who brought the legislation, mm-hmm. state, state representative, mm-hmm. Uh, down in, I'm trying to remember his name. Jeremy Gray. That's it, Gray. Mm-hmm. Down in the Auburn Opelika area. I'm gonna quote him. In a he minute. is in the uh, he's in the business of teaching yoga in schools. He's a yogi. So it's about money. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and exactly. he's a former college athlete. Super nice guy. Is I've that a conflict of interest? But he brought the legislation because <laughs> yeah. he stood to benefit from it. It is yeah. it's pragmatism. It's about yeah. money. Exactly. Okay, got a couple more minutes before we got to wrap up today. Okay. You want to open up something else, um, or tell us where we're going to go next time? Well, I want to go um, start with again. It's penetration in the West and how uh, the university campus is being in, infiltrated uh, by uh, yoga. Well, it certainly is. I, so, they don't even um, didn't even have to have a law for that. It was already no, happening. No. Do you feel like, real quickly, and we can talk more about this because okay. I know you were, you fought this battle back in the nineties, big time. Mm-hmm. The, I, I almost felt like when they didn't get it legalized, what was it? Late nineties. What year was it when it when it ultimately failed? When it failed, when when the ban on mm, the ban. practice of yoga yeah. was in place was 1993. 93. So it, it's been in place for 29 okay. years. And then they tried to get that overturned year. in the later 90s. That's right. And failed. And failed. Okay. That's right. I almost felt like they just went, uh, if they're not going to let us do it in the school, we'll just take it to the church. <laughs> the church don't have any laws. Exactly. exactly. And, and do you think so? Well, I mean, that's... I almost felt like instead of coming from the church, from the school to the church, it's went from the church to the school. That's where pragmatism comes in again, yeah. Again, I was in a meeting not too long yeah. ago with some very good pastors. Oh, yeah. And we were talking about this, and they were one of them said, well, we got yoga classes at our church. And he said, I never even thought about it being Eastern mysticism. Oh, that's... In fact, he said, my wife leads them. <laughs> they, I think they just yeah. went, okay, if we can't get in the schools, we'll just take it to the church. Right. And then we'll get to schools later. Well, first of all, if it gets into the schools, they, they know that it will get into the church. Yeah, but I, and they tried that. They tried But when it didn't work, right. I think they just went, well, we'll have to yeah. play the long game yeah. and go to, we'll just take it to the church because there's not a law against it in the church. And they're gullible yeah. enough to just take it right in. Exactly. Very innocently as stretching. Innocently as stretching. Exactly. Well, Rajan Zed, the president of the Universal Hindu Society, um, took out a, uh, an article in AL.com and said that uh, since most universities and colleges were already offering some form of yoga uh, practice, uh, why, why not allow it in high school and basically K yeah. through 12? Well, it's so. the same thing. I, we got to wrap it up. It's the same thing. It's the normalize to legalize. Exactly. They normalize the behavior, and then everybody goes, well, everybody's already doing it anyway. Let's exactly. just go ahead and legalize it. Exactly. That seems to be the game that gets played. We'll come back next week during this same hour. Cleet will be back with us, and uh, we'll continue this discussion on yoga uh, and, and talk about uh, the Hindus, how they view yoga. Uh, what, what is the goal of yoga? You know, We've talked about it being dangerous, so let's just kind of get right down there into mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Um, all of these kind of issues. Uh, can you do yoga for the glory of God? Questions like that with Cleet Hux. ARCapologetics.org. Go. There's much research there on this topic and more. 
Apologetic Resource Center, Cleet Hux. All right, everybody, have a great rest of your evening, and we'll talk to you next time.